Okay, I guess we'll get started. Uh, if you would, if you wouldn't mind, let's move in a little bit closer. I know that we're all Baptist and we like to sit far away, uh, but as I get challenged in my hearing and uh, verbal abilities, the closer you are, the better targets you are for me. <laughs> So, well, thank you all for coming. Uh, I guess there's greener pastures someplace and we're losing members. Or either they're the, um, becoming part of the Heathens Anonymous. I don't know. Uh, I won't comment on that. Uh, I'll probably make other mistakes. Uh, so, before we start, Dennis, would you, being from Oklahoma, would you lead us in a good prayer? I'll be happy. Can I use my Oklahoma accent? Please don't. <laughs> Dear Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day. Lord, we thank you that Robert is leading uh, Sunday school today. Lord, I know that we're going to learn a lot. And uh, and Lord, you you give us so much. And you give us a, a sense of humor. And you give us joy. And you give us peace. And uh, But you're always challenging us to to be what you want us to be. So, Lord, help us to tune in to your word and what uh, Robert is going to share with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, we had a prayer breakfast yesterday, and uh, Dennis gave the devotional, did an excellent job, except for one thing. He picked on people from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. Now, I thought that was unchristian uh, to, to do that. Uh, I'm scheduled to go talk to Pastor Lynn about it. Uh, but I don't know how far to go because I'm going to hit him today because he's from Oklahoma. So uh, we, we may be in trouble. Uh, it reminds me of a story one time a minister spoke to Deacon and told him, he said, I told you went to the ball game the other day instead of going to morning worship service. And the deacon said, that's a lie, and I've got the fish in my car to prove it. <laughs> Sorry. Did I tell that right? Yes, you did. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be a tough group today. Uh, good thing I'm heavily medicated. Um, <laughs> All right, uh, I, I asked John if I had some uh, leeway uh, about the lesson today. Uh, one of the reasons, why, the reasons is that no one knows where we are in John in the book. And the other is uh, I'm going to do something else. And so he said that's fine and because the, the Lord was leading me that way. And I thought, well, do I follow the Baptist you know, you know, book or the Lord, and I thought, the Lord. So, um, it'll be a little bit different today, but I think you'll learn some things. If not, then, uh, sorry. Blame the teacher. Uh, that's right. Um, we're, gonna, we're going to study something. How many of you ever heard, uh, don't be embarrassed, how many of you ever heard of Christ hymn? A Christ hymn. Well, good. I'm going to teach you something today that uh, it's proof positive. Again, if you're not careful, you can learn something new every day. 
So you're going to learn something new today if you pay attention. Uh, so, but so we're going to be in Colossians, and it's a little book we don't look at very often, but it has a lot to offer. Um, the um, one of the reasons Paul wrote a book to the to Colossae was because it was uh, dealing with false teaching. Uh, uh, the church was being attacked there, and it wasn't a real strong church necessarily. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you more about that in a little bit. Um, but what this book does is to refute the false teachings among the congregation there, and it gives us an outstanding Christian doctrine that deals with Christology. Now you, I know John has used that word upon the board uh, a little bit, and uh, oh, it was requested. Oh, was that my, my wife? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. And, I'd like to say no, I won't. Um, Paul, it's moving. <laughs> okay, I think I got it. Can you hear me? All right. My wife wants me to turn it off. Um, but uh, anyway, Christology. And you know, um, studying of words, uh, Christ, you know the meaning of that word. And ology just means the study of. And so pharmacology is the study of farms, right? No. Uh, it's going to be a tough group. Uh, Deb, I need your help today, big time. Um, so, uh, never mind. But uh, we're going to be talking about Christology and this, the study of Christ and uh, his absolute supremacy and his sufficiency. And that was one of the things, one of the heresies, the Colossian heresy, as they call it, uh, was that Christ is not sufficient. Christ is not all that he needed to be. One of the reasons I want to talk about it is because I think we're running across the same issue today. The church today desperately needs the message of Colossians. We live in a day when religious, religious toleration is interpreted to mean, quote, one religion is just as good as another, unquote. Some people try to make the best from various religious systems and manufacture their own private religion. To me, people, Jesus Christ is only one of several great religious teachers with no more authority than they. He may be prominent, but he is not preeminent. And there's a big difference between those two points. And he is to be preeminent, not just prominent. This is an age of syncretism. People are trying to harmonize and unite, and unite many different schools of thought and come up with a superior, quote-unquote, religion. Our evangel evangelical churches are in danger of diluting the faith in the loving attempt to understand the beliefs of others. Mysticism, legalism, Eastern religions, asceticism, and man-made philosophies are secretly creeping into the churches. They're not denying Christ, but they're dethroning him and robbing him of his rightful place of preeminence. All right, we're going to talk about 
these things today. So, Paul was in prison in Rome when he wrote Colossians. And he actually wrote uh, four uh, books of the Bible from Ephesians, I mean, from uh, Rome. He wrote Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. All four of those books he wrote while he was in the prison in Rome. And he was there about two years. Um, and we have a late student coming in. I uh, hope she has a good reason for being tardy. Uh, I won't ask that publicly, uh, maybe. Uh, anyway. Uh, and uh, she's trying to find the rifle seat. Uh, not to embarrass her. Uh, <laughs> she was out trying to recruit people to come in. Oh, I see. Actually, I was getting well, I know where I stand. Uh, okay. I don't know where I was, though. Okay. Uh, Paul was in prison in Rome for about two years. And the way the setup was for him there, he had uh, a, a Roman guard, a Praetorian guard. Uh, in today's language, that would be uh, a Green Beret. It would be uh, one of our elite fighting forces. Uh, chained to him, one arm, chained to him. So uh, every place Paul went, he went. And every place he went, Paul went. went. Uh, Paul slept. He slept with this chain on. Uh, but he could have, he had a little uh, place, he could have his own place, pay for it. Um, and um, people could come visit him and Paul could preach to them, he could witness to them. And uh, so, uh, Paul was in worse places. But uh, anyway, that was his situation. Now, in Colossians, Paul tells us who's there with him. He, he did have people that were uh, there with him and who were uh, helping him. Uh, Aristarchus, uh, he says in Colossians, was a faithful worker and a fellow prisoner with Paul. He's mentioned in Acts uh, during the riots there. Uh, remember, Paul uh, was preaching, and the great god Artemis of the Ephesians, uh, the silversmith there, got bent out of shape because he wasn't uh, moving his merchandise, uh, the, the little idols that he was making uh, as well, because Paul was preaching Christ crucified, and uh, so they had the, this big riot there, and Paul had to, they kept him away, but uh, Aristarchus was one of the ones swept up in that, and uh, for a couple hours he didn't know he was going to make it through the parade. Uh, John Mark was with him. Uh, John Mark, who is the author of the book of Mark, and he was the one that deserted uh, Paul on first missionary uh, journey, and uh, he's a cousin of Barnabas, but he was there. Um, Paul, uh, I mean, John Mark was probably discouraged um, on their first trip as they were going through Cyprus. They only had one convert, and I think that would be depressing if you had the Apostle Paul on one side and Barnabas on the other side, and you're preaching and working. And all the way across the country, you only got one convert. Uh, but I don't know that to be sure, uh, true. That's just uh, 
what supposedly true. Another person was there with Paul, Jesus, also known as Justice. He was one of several Jewish Christians mentioned in Colossians. In Colossians. Uh, Epaphras, who also known as perhaps Epaphroditus, uh, 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 and uh, his name appears both ways, different places. He was probably the pastor at Colossae. We don't know this for sure, but some of the writings, Paul, uh, kind of gives us this impression. And and a papyrus uh, and another person who was there with uh, Paul uh, was Onesimus, and they came from the same area in, in Colossae to Rome. Now, if you look on a map. Uh, that's not a short distance. It's, it's over 900 miles. Now, can you imagine, I was thinking about this, can you imagine walking, it's, uh, uh, Papyrus wanted to talk to Paul because of this heresy that was going on in his church, and he didn't know what to do about it. It was, it was starting to overtake the church. So he walks to Rome. And he, and, uh, he took some people with him, but uh, that's a long I think about that. Now, one of the things that made that possible was the, the Roman road system. You know, during the silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Romans were building roads. And as they went from the Republic to the Empire, they were building roads. And I keep thinking, and when I hear about those things, you know, you think nothing's going on spiritually, but this big superhighway system is being built between many countries and I love the, the statement that the Bible says in the fullness of time. Um, God was preparing all this so Paul could travel, so a Patmos could travel these, these long distances to get, get things to happen. So when you think things aren't going your way and things aren't happening, uh, don't be surprised as God, behind, as God is behind the scenes working things out. Um, okay, so he came to Paul for help. Uh, Dr. Luke was also there uh, in, in prison helping Paul. Uh, now, these people could come and go. They, they weren't uh, locked up with him, but uh, Luke could come and go and, and minister. Uh, Demas was there, uh, who deserted Paul later. Uh, Tychicus was there. I call him the traveler because he was the one that took the books that Paul wrote to different places. And uh, so he got frequent flyer miles, miles uh, <laughs> of all his travels. Um, by the way, uh, I just looked up kind of curiously uh, to see how far Paul traveled in, in his uh, four, five, depending how you count the missionary journeys. How, how many miles do you think he racked up uh, and taking the boat and floating and sinking, those kind of things that he did? Uh, how many miles? You have any idea? 2,000. 2,000? That's a good guess. Don't keep us in suspense. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't you just pushy people? You know what I mean? I'm just trying to make the point here. Um, okay, uh, they estimate that Paul 
uh, traveled over 12,000 miles, 12,427 miles during his missionary journeys. That's a, that, you know, he was in good shape. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he got his points in. He had an Apple Watch, and he got his steps in. Uh, anyway, that's bad. Okay. Um, um, Onesimus was there, and Onesimus was the quote-unquote runaway slave that had left uh, Colossians, uh, Colossae, and his uh, owner was Philemon. And we know that Paul wrote the book uh, to Philemon uh, in Rome, and this was uh, of the four books that, that Tychicus took, uh, from Rome to Colossae, uh, he took uh, Ephesians to uh, to the uh, to the Ephesians. Took that book. He took uh, Colossians to Colossae. Uh, he took the letter uh, Philemon uh, to Philemon, and he wrote one to Laodicea that. We, it was lost, so we don't know what happened to it, um, but it, it was lost. But they took those four letters, so he was the first postman, uh, also being a world traveler. Okay, so let's now Onesimus was a slave. Now let's talk about slavery in Rome because it is completely different than what we think of in European slavery and what happened in the United States and so forth. Uh, in Rome, uh, a slave had a right to run away. Now, the, if, if, he wrote, if he ran away with the idea that I want, I'm going to find an advocate, my master has been unfair to me, so I'm going to go find an advocate and bring that advocate back to argue my case. Now, if he could make that case, then... He wouldn't be punished, put to death, whatever. And the, the, the master had complete autonomy over what happened to the slave. But, once again, th- there were some rules in all this, and that was one of them. So it's believed that, on, that Onesimus left Colossae and ran off to Rome uh, and looked up uh, Paul because Paul had a a great relationship with Philemon. And in the process of doing that, Paul saved him. And he say, he stayed with uh, Paul for a period of time. I don't know how long, but Paul talked about him in Coloss- Colossians that he was he was a really big help to him uh, in prison. And so when Paul wrote Philemon, he, he brought all this out and when Tychicus went back to Colossae with the letter to Philemon, uh, uh, the idea was that Philemon would take him back as a fellow Christian, and uh, he would be his be his slave again, or he might even uh, set him free, or he may send him back to Paul because Paul wanted to keep him. But Paul thought that was wrong. Uh, and it probably was, but Paul liked him having there, having there to to minister to his needs in prison. So that's the background of what we've been talking about, um, and what we're about ready to talk about. Uh, didn't you like to have that? I mean, I, 
Isn't that kind of good? Kind of set the stage. Always. Thank you. I just. I love it. <laughs> well, I got one. I did that. Uh, okay. That's. Uh, we're making progress. Okay. So. The Colossian heresy. They. Uh, Epaphras was afraid that he was going to lose the church because of the heresies going on. And we're going to talk about those. Um, so, who has uh, Colossians 2 8? We'll read that for us. See to it that no one take or cap- capture through hollow and deceive. <clears throat> and deceptive philosophies which depend on depends on human traditions and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Very good. Thank you. Okay, in, in the living it says, don't let anyone lead you astray with empty philosophy and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the evil powers of this world and not from Christ. You see the magnitude of the problem there? That was a huge problem. Uh, philosophy, and we have a problem with that today. High-sounding ideas, human thinking, and evil powers. All right, so uh, Paul was saying... Uh, I mean, Patmos and Paul were warning about these things in the church. So we had these false teachers that taught that Jesus was not enough. Now, don't get me wrong, they would argue Jesus was good. I mean, he was a good teacher. He was a good man. He did some miracles. Uh, You hear people talking about, you know, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, he was really a good guy. You know, he was a good man. He did a lot of things. Uh, and uh, Muhammad uh, did a lot. You know, and they talk about these things, and that's the way they were talking about Jesus. He's a he's a good guy. I mean, he was um, he was good, but he's not good enough. He's not good enough to save you. Um, so here's this teaching comes in. Uh, that we have to do more. We see that in religions, denominations today. Jesus is not enough. You got to do something else. It's up to us, uh, and we'll talk more about that. But uh, we call that Jesus Plus. You know, you need Jesus Plus. Jesus is great. I mean, <laughs> so many wonderful things, but he's just not enough. All right. So these are falsehoods, traditions, lies. And remember about these things that it says, if something is said often enough and it's said long enough, then it's believed to be true. If you say something long enough and you say it over and over and over again, it becomes true. And we see that uh, in... In science, we see it, we call it pseudoscience. Uh, in tradition, you know, why are, we do, why are we doing it this way? Well, we've always you know, done it that way. Uh, and so it's, uh, so a good example is the theory of evolu- evolution. Now, I grew up on the theory of evolution. I went to a state school, I was a science major, and 
So I, I grew up uh, learning the theory of evolution and reading all about it, and I taught it uh, for years and years. Uh, but I also taught the other side of that, the Christian side of it, because I could do that. I, I thought, even in a California school, I could say, well, we can't just give one option here. Uh, if you're going to go with the theory of evolution, then you need to go with intelligent design. That so, but uh, if you if you look at evolution and you look at it from, and I have, if you look at it from a probability standpoint, you know we started off as as ooze in some swamp, some place, and it only started because lightning hit it at the right moment, and a protein was made, and then a synthesis was made from a protein, and all of a sudden we have something that pops up that's moving around, uh, pumping air. Uh, now, those of you who are math majors, uh, think about this. The probability of that being true hmm. is 10 to the 433 power. That means 10 times 400, I mean 243 zeros. 243 zeros. Now think about that. It's bigger than our national budget. <laughs> Deficit. All right, so think about that. Uh, 10, comma, 0, 0, 0, 0, comma, 0, 0, 0, 0, comma, 0, 0, 0, and you keep going 243 places out. And... Um, you know what the chances of that are of hap- it happening? None. I heard a preacher say this. <laughs> he says, the probability is literally a snowball's chance in hell. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. It's, it's impossible. Any of you, I know you wouldn't play you know, Powerball and those kind of things and try to figure out you know, how many times you would get hit by lightning before you win. Uh, <laughs> this is way beyond that. This is way beyond that. And yet we teach this. Why? It's because we said it often enough, long enough, and people accept it and believe it. Well, that was one of the dangers in Colossae. All right. Once again, uh, it's a tradition of man, and if it's said long enough... Okay. One way uh, that this has been described in terms of Christian teaching is... It's called the good guy ghost theory. Anybody heard, heard of the good guy ghost theory? Hey, look what you're going to learn. You're going to learn so much you today. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good guy ghost theory. Uh, and it's one of those lies. But you've probably heard it. See if you have. A good God created good people to do good things. And when they die, they go to heaven. That's the good guy ghost theory. Sounds good, doesn't it? Good God makes good people, they do good things, they die and go to heaven. I've heard that over and over again from people. And I said, no, that's not the way it works. Uh, But if you say it long enough, and over and over and over again, have you heard uh, there are many roads that lead to heaven? Many roads lead to heaven. Not according to Jesus. Amen. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's John 14, 6. What? The narrow road, (laughs) not the wide road. That's right. Yes. Hey, Robin, I heard a flip side on that set. 
All roads or all paths lead to God, but only one road, there's only one way to heaven, and that's Jesus. Yeah, we're all going to see God. Aren't we? We're all going to say, "Hello, for judgment." That's right. No, no, you know, whether you're an atheist or a Buddhist or a Baptist, you know, we're going to stand it. We all are all, all going to meet God That's right. But there's only one way to heaven. That's right. That led to Rick Warren. <laughs> Larry, okay. please be good. Beth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Hit him a little harder. He, 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 even harder. <laughs> okay. Um, legalism was being promoted there. Uh, Christ's work on the cross was seen as a down payment. Once again, God, I mean, Christ was good. Uh, he did great things. Uh, but uh, therefore, since your salvation was just a down payment by Christ, then you need to do something else. You need to add to that. Um, and Judaism, that, that works like, well, first of all, you've got to be circumcised. You know, that's, that starts you on the road to adding more to that. And then you have to keep the Mosaic Law. And then you have to keep all the laws, the traditions of the Jewish people. You know, it just goes on and on and on until it becomes this impossible burden that nobody... And they couldn't even keep the ten, you know. Uh, when you add hundreds to it, then it, no, nobody can. So, but that's legalism. Uh, who has... Uh, oh, I missed... Uh, I missed Isaiah 64, 6. Sorry, number two. Who has Isaiah 64, 6? Right yes, sir. For all of us have become... Like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy garment, and all of us, whether like a leaf, and all, and our wrongdoings like the wind take us away. Very good. All our righteousness is filthy rags. We, I like to use the phrase, man has nothing to bring to the party. I, I like going to parties where I don't have to bring anything. Uh, uh, Vicky does too. Um, <laughs> but uh, her favorite thing is the salad, and that's mine too because I like the salad. I'm sorry, she told me to move on. Um, so, <laughs> Colossians two eleven and twelve. Who has Colossians two eleven and twelve? Okay. When you come to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by the physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with, and with him you were raised to new life because you trust the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Very good, thank you. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by physical procedure. It was a spiritual procedure, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised a new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Amen. That's different than physical circumcision uh, via the Jews. So, all right. 
Okay, the worship, these are false teachings that Paul actually talked about. Okay, so worship of special days, weeks, holidays, and the Sabbath. So who has uh, Colossians 2.16? Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you, in, on you in questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or of Sabbath. Okay, uh, all these holidays, special days, uh, even the Sabbath. Uh, Paul is saying no. Galatians four eight and ten. Who has that? I do. Just. Uh, formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days uh, and months and seasons and years. I... Uh, I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Thank you. So there are no special days, weeks, months, uh, Chinese holidays, uh, the year of the monkey. Uh, <laughs> I love each year that rolls up. I know what. Anyway. Uh, even the Sabbath, uh, we don't. All days are sacred unto the Lord. And Paul is trying to make that point. Now, uh, also, another heresy that was being talked about in Colossians was Gnosticism. Gnosticism. That's a good word, isn't it? Gnosticism. It just kind of rings in your nose. Gnosticism. Uh, anyway, uh, what that means is is higher knowledge. You, you've got to have higher knowledge. Now, obviously, I'm the only one in here. <laughs> I don't think so, buddy. Uh, Pastor Lynn is smiling. I, uh, he thought he was the only one. Others do, yes. Higher knowledge. So, this is the mystical things. Um, the ethers. Have you heard of the ethers? I'm not the one in getting surgery. But uh, the Greeks talked about this and the Romans, uh, ethers, uh, worship of demons and stars and horoscope and even angels, worship of angels. Um, now it always bothers me why we still have horoscopes and why people are following them. You know, I mean, I know good people. I can't wait to get in the morning and check my horoscope. I'm like, <laughs> come on, uh, let's get over this. Uh, and if you're one of those people, stop it. Uh, uh, because that is, that's, or the stars, or, uh, okay, the worship of demons. Um, I just saw, you probably did too, a few weeks ago, there's a church on Ajo that, that, uh, advertised on their sign out front that said, "Come see, we have a magic show." Did you did you see that yeah. on their marquee? Yeah. For weeks they had it up there, and I thought, "Why are you doing that?" You know, I mean, there's no such thing as quote, quote, magic. I hate to 
bust your bubble if you believe in magic. But anyway, uh, but you know, horoscopes and magic and uh, demons, stars, all these things were happening, or they were trying to get happening uh, in the church at Colossae. So Gnosticism, higher knowledge. There are groups, and I can name and you probably could too, that they have these elevations of, uh, uh, of higher knowledge. And you move up in the ranks. You're a big poopa, whatever, and you get a bigger hat or you get a bigger... I'll stop before I get in trouble, but uh, maybe I'm already there. Anyway, uh, but I know something you don't know, you know. And if you get really high enough, I'll teach you the secret handshake, you know. Um, never mind. Okay. Uh, but mystical knowledge and, this, and the uh, uh, worship of angels. Colossians 20, I mean 220a. Who has that? Okay. Since you died with Christ to the basic principles of this world, why, as though you still belong to it, do you do uh, do you submit to to its rules? Okay. Okay. And the last one we'll talk about, I think, is asceticism. This is self denial. Uh, don't touch. Don't feel. Don't taste. This is uh, what. Uh, who has Colossians two eighteen a two eighteen a Yes. Can yes. I read the whole thing, or do I have to just read the A part? <laughs> See, you can tell he's from Oklahoma. He's rebellious. It says, it, it says, it says two twenty A uh, or two eighteen A. Dennis, whatever you feel good about. <laughs> no Let no one defraud you. By acting as an umpire and declaring you unworthy and disqualifying you for the prize, insisting on self-abasement, a worship of angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, vainly puffed up by his sensuous notions and inflated by his unspiritual thoughts and fleshly conceit. Was that more than A? That's the whole... I knew you were going to give it to me. You know, I mean, I was a teacher for 40 years in California, and I endured that. But I think about some of you in here. I don't know if I could take it. Uh, okay. Um, it's been described. All of these things, these heresies, trying to say Jesus is, is good. He's, you know, he's just not good enough. And so all these ways that we're trying to reach heaven through asceticism and Gnosticism and legalism, all these things, the worship of angels, uh, is like a blind man looking into a dark room with no windows or doors for a cat that isn't there. <laughs> yes? I've always been plagued since I opened the Bible the first time as to why the Jewish nation didn't, as the chosen people, didn't accept Christ. Is it, was it all legalism? Did shut it down? I, I wouldn't say, Pastor Ann, this is your... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't just that, but of course it's ego 
you know, when you get to be a Pharisee, you know, when you get to be a grand poopaw, but you know, you get to be one of the chosen, then you don't want anybody else to be one of the chosen. And I mean, it's it's complicated, but uh, that's a big reason. That's a big reason. Yes, Larry. I think. Uh, okay, we'll people... keep moving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't care. Go ahead. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I think some people that are indoctrinated the way the church taught them, you show them truth, and they still don't care. They they're still going to do it the way they're going to do it. They won't do it the way the Bible says, but they'll do it by the way they were indoctrinated by that church. Well, that's one of the reasons why Colossians is so important. Don't touch. Don't taste. Don't go to, to dances. Uh, you've got to be in church every time those doors are open. Sorry, Pastor Lynn. Uh, these, these are things that won't take away your salvation. They're, they're good things. and uh, But... Uh, and, and you know the statement, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Not your justification, not your salvation of your soul, but the way you live your life. And you have to give thought to that. You should give thought to that. Uh, and with fear and trembling. Uh, so don't just do it because you're taught as a child to do it. I mean, I was taught several things as a child. I grew up in the Baptist church. They call me Baptist Bob in high school. <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, but um, taught things that uh, that I had to deal with as an adult. Okay, we're going to. I'm running out of time, and uh, I just saw that from my wife. I got the signal. So now we're going to get uh, to uh, Christ Him, and. Uh, I'm going to read it because Larry has been uh, so good. Uh, I'm going to read it in the King James Version. So it's Colossians uh, 1, uh, 15 to 20. So this is about the preeminence of God, uh, of Christ. This is, Paul was saying, look, when you, you need to understand who Christ is. And and they were saying that he was part spirit. He wasn't man. He was an uh, uh, ether in the air. He, he was all these different things. They were, you know, telling a story long enough. You know, enough times people start to believe it. He's saying, no, this is Christ right here. Who is, he is the. I mean, I'll start at fourteen. For whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. David, who is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of every creature. He is God. He's image. He is the image of the invisible God. Remember when they said, show us the Father and we'll believe, and Jesus said, <laughs> you're, looking at him. you're looking right at Him. So he, Paul is saying this again. He is the image of the invisible God. He's God. You, know, you spell that with capital G-O-D. Okay. For by Him were all things created, that are in heaven and on in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Amen. He created everything. And everything was created for him. And his will is done in everything in creation. Paul didn't pull out any stops. He's saying to these guys, stop 
listening to this, these lies. You know, they're being told over and over again. No, he is preeminent over all things. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He holds everything together. He's the glue. For years and years and years, I, I take chemistry, they wondered about what held the nucleus together. Well, I'm convinced the glue that holds the nucleus together in an atom is Christ. Because no one knows what it is. The Bible says it's Christ. He holds the whole universe together. He, he, he spoke it into existence, and He holds it all together. Amen. And He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and from all things He might have preeminence. Now, some will say, well, others were raised from the dead before he was. Well, that was the physical resurrection from the dead. He was the first spiritual resurrection of the dead. So he is preeminent, just like you and I. We're going to be raised spirit in new bodies, and hallelujah for that. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell, everything is in him. Everything. Not some things. Everything. The fullness. And having made peace with the blood of his cross by him to reconcile all things unto himself by him I say whether they be these things in earth or things in heaven. What Paul is saying is Jesus is enough. When uh, when Martin Luther said your salvation is by faith alone. He meant Jesus alone. Christ on the cross when he said it's finished. He didn't mean I'm, I'm dying. He said, he meant it's finished. My work is finished. Everything is done. I've dotted every I, crossed every T. Everything you need is in me. And that's the Christ Him here in Colossians 1, 15 through 20 that Paul is saying that Christ is preeminent in all things. You don't have to back up to ghosts or devils or demons or anything else that's man-made in philosophy. I studied philosophy with my science, and I wondered about that because as a kid, preachers would say, stay away from that philosophy because that'll you know turn you against God. And I was stubborn enough to say, well, I'll see. And so I took... And uh, philosophy courses and so forth, and read them, and I studied them. And even though I have a great appreciation for some of them, Socrates and Plato, who say things like the unexamined life is not worth living, I think that's that's good to know. But I know why now so many of them have committed suicide at the end of their life. It's empty. It doesn't go anywhere. It's uh, they can argue about daffodils in spring and how much is length and how much length and somebody's between the toes but it uh, it it doesn't go anywhere where Christ is preeminent in everything everything yes uh, can I read Colossians 2 8 that you went over before because sure. I think this is so much more powerful okay it says beware lest any man spoil you through through uh, philosophy and vain deceit Vain deceit. After the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, 
the things the world does and not after Christ. Exactly. I think that's a little more powerful. The Lord, somebody was reading it and I'm like, where did they say that? It doesn't say that in my Bible. Well, you're probably on the wrong verse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, then that, that's not gone, those things aren't gone away with. I was thinking about the things, you know, if we had more time, we would uh, think about the heresies today that uh, we worship uh, the created and not the creator. So we worry about things like climate change, solar power, wind power, electric vehicles, Mother Earth. Christ is preeminent in all those things. And when he gets ready to end the world, it's going to end. But uh, until then, uh, don't worry about... I wrote down some things that uh, the prophecies that uh, these false prophets and the climate change, and that's a, that is a religion. Don't ever think it's not. Cross one of them and you'll see. Uh, but uh, I remember when this started, I remember started, uh, the population bomb in the 60s, the book, The Population Bomb, we're going to overpopulate it, we're not going to have enough food to eat, and everybody's going to die of starvation. Well, look at us now. Uh, so that didn't happen. All right. Climate change. I mean, when it said that it's going to we have a new ice age, you know, all oh, uh, the United States is going to be covered with ice, and the mastodons are going to come back and eat your dogs, and all those kind of things. That was just awful, and it didn't come to happen. It didn't come to pass. It was a lie. I I was a teacher uh, when uh, it came down that we're going to run out of fossil fuels in ten years. This was the '60s. I was very young as a teacher. Um, we're going to run out of fuel, fossil fuels. And I told my students, I don't know what we're going to do. Everything runs on fossil fuel. And I'm running around my classmates, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, uh, well, that was a lie. You know, we have hundreds of years now of fossil fuels. And, uh, but that's acid rain. You remember acid rain? It's going to kill all our trees. You know, that, it didn't happen. The ozone layer, remember that? The ozone layer is opening up. And it's going to eat your brains because all the sunlight coming in, and you know it. Uh, that may have happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but do you worry about those on there anymore? Nobody else does. Uh, but if you tell something long enough, over and over again, and the experts at this were the Germans. Uh, they, they, propaganda. They just, you know, and, and, and so people would believe it. Okay, the rising ocean levels. Uh, the polar ice caps are all going to melt and New York City would be underwater. Too bad. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but that didn't happen, right? Love is love. What is that? The whole love is love. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't get into that. Uh, <laughs> That's my, not. <laughs> yeah, my wife would have killed me. Um, <laughs> Okay, the LGBTQ. Oh, I went in for my physical at the BA uh, two days ago, and they started asking me these questions, and I said, "I don't, I don't." They said, "What do you? What's your answer?" I said, "I don't understand that question." And she, and so she said, "Well, are you, are you straight or queer or are you?" That's a stop. I said, "Just stop right there." I said, "Since 1950 something." 
I knew what my sex was, and it hasn't changed, and if it does, I'll let you know. But it's not going to. So uh, she, I got her laughing. She took her mask off. She was laughing so much. And then I, I got her laughing about that, and she left and went and got the doctor. And the doctor said, just came in and said, I heard you guys were really having a good time in here. <laughs> okay, so you have the LGBTQ, trans, you know, transgender, um, and I think the big thing for many of us, sacrificing our children to the gods of convenience yeah. and selfishness. You know, abortion. Um, they burned their, some of their children in the Old Testament. God said, I, that's detestable. Yes, Dick. I was just going to share that while we were talking about this, I thought about transgenderism too. That's another way that we sacrifice yes. our children. Yes. Sure. Because yeah. you take your daughter and you tell her and you sacrifice that child to be something else or a male to be something else. That's sacrificing your children. Yes. And so many of them commit suicide as they get yeah. older because it destroys their life. Yeah. Well, you know, all, all that is bad, but I think there's also more of a problem with the philosophy of Christianity being taught as all you have to do is say that you believe. But like it says here in Colossians 3, you have died. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ. That's a sacrifice of yourself. Mm-hmm. You're following Christ in your body being a living sacrifice. And that <clears throat> hasn't been taught. People are not sacrificing their own, mm-hmm. you know, their lives, right. what they desire, and their humanly issues. They just think got my life insurance, but I can keep living on the way I'm living. And that's why the church is not. That's certainly a certain big part of it. Yes. Robert, like Jesus said, why do you say you love me and you don't follow my commandments? And a lot of people say, you know, oh, well, I know God. I go, but does God know you? (laughs) The last days are going to say, hey, I attended church. You know, this, or, you know, I did all these good things. He said, I never knew you. Yeah. Yeah. But all the secular stuff is, you know, problematic. <clears throat> Just like these letters, yeah, it was directed to the church saying, you are the ones that we have to hold strong as the body of Christ. Yeah. See, this is getting relevant. I never meant it to get relevant. I just thought we'd join, come together and pick on Larry a little bit. And uh, now you're getting deep. Now, Dennis... It better be profound. <laughs> I think it's so important what uh, Brother Andy just uh, shared. Um, I think that one of the reasons why so many people have gotten into so much craziness, uh, either modern craziness or craziness that's been going on for thousands of years, is because they have seen Christianity as weak. Uh, they have seen it but, but Christianity is actually very powerful. But they've seen it as impotent, without strength. But it's, it's got more strength than anything else in the world. Right. We defeat ourselves. We, we don't rise up to occasion. We're supposed to be the light of the world, right? Christ said, you, at the light of the world, you put it under a candle, I mean, under a bushel, is that what you do with it? Uh, 
I'll answer that. No, you know, you're, you're the light of the world. You're the city on the hill. We need to be that. We need to be that. I have a couple things that we're seeing today that are false teachings. Um, uh, prosperity gospel. You know, you just believe and you're going to get rich. Uh, I, I think of the movie, Oh God, <laughs> you know, uh, when he went to the evangelist, he says, I have a message to you from God. And he goes, you have a message from God for me? And he goes, yeah. And he says, get rich, go sell earth shoes or something to get rich. Quit making money off of me, you know, to the evangelist. And you had to be there. But that was, uh, <laughs> was a good... Uh, one of the also gets... I know, my wife's telling me it's time. I know, but they've held me over, so I'm going to hold you. Um, they, uh, <laughs> this is payback time. We want our money's worth. <laughs> That's right. Wait till you get home, <laughs> Give me a little support here, okay? Um, I, I, churches will say, come and we'll give you the full gospel. Jesus Christ is the full gospel. You don't need any other gospel than that. You don't need number one, number two, number three. You don't need the four Gospels. You need Jesus. So the full Gospel you have already. Uh, you don't have to study other writings. You don't have to study the Book of Mormon, the J.W. literature, the Christian scientists. You don't have, you've got the truth in your Bible. Another false thing we need to be careful of, I think, and I don't know where it's going, uh, but um, I just checked to see... Uh, and I'll say this for, uh, for Larry. The King James Version is not too hard to understand. It and it's good. But on the iPhone app, there were 2,941 different versions of the Bible or translations or just you know, publications uh, in 1,952 languages. Uh, man just keeps wanting to change the gospel. And yet, the Bible says, His truth endureth to all generations, Psalms 104. But we've got to be careful looking at some of these uh, in our Bible study. I, I read the 23rd Psalm to them in the King James, and then Vicki read it to him in the Passion Version of the Bible. What is that? Uh, if you want to have something to do this afternoon just to waste some time, look at the differences between those two. There's a big difference between going through the valley of the shadow of death and strolling through a dark uh, park at, in the dusk. Anyway, it just it, it's you know. so. Um, anyway, all right. I'm going to draw this to a conclu- uh, conclusion. I hope. Uh, so read Colossians. It's a great little book, and the Christ hymn there, uh, chapter one, fifteen through twenty. It says is that it's called the Christ hymn and that Christ is imminent. And He is more powerful than any spirit. He is more powerful than any demon. He's more important than any religious offshoot of Christianity. He's enough. Christ is enough. He's not... There's nothing you can add to it. There's no plus. There's no plus to Jesus. You have nothing to bring to the party. I have nothing to bring to the party. It's only by the grace of God through faith in Christ that we're saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. That was worth sitting here for an hour. <laughs> I feel like taking up an offering. <laughs>
All right, let me close in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege to, to be in your house and to, to, to laugh and, and learn together and see the importance of the gospel, how powerful it is, how it changes lives forever, and how it, how it, it takes sinful man from going to hell and brings him to a heavenly home. We just thank you so much for that. And we thank you for the plan, dear Father, that you had in your son Jesus to do that for us. And dear Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross and putting up with us and trying to teach us to try to stumble around and understand. But you are very patient and kind. And thank you for your sacrifice on the cross to redeem our souls. And now we have worth. And we now look forward to living with you in your earthly and your heavenly kingdom. I thank you for all here, and I just pray that you bless them and bless their families. I know that, that many are struggling with health or struggling with problems in the family. Uh, whatever the issues may be, I pray for them. I lift them up to you for your healing, uh, for your provisions, whatever it is that their need is. Just help them feel and see you work in their lives this week. I ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Very good, Robert. Thank you. Thank you.